They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinions. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of our podcast. It is Aiden speaking and I am joined by... This is Thomas. Hello everybody. And this here is Parker. So in this episode, we're pretty much going to be breaking down week two and also looking forward to week three. We're just super glad the NFL is back. Very exciting week this week. More exciting than I originally thought. But this upcoming week's net matchups are really exciting, in my opinion. So first, we'll just get into key takeaways on the week. So my first takeaway of the week is really just, I think, Drew Brees is regressing. The Saints lost on Monday night to the Las Vegas Raiders, 34-24. Drew Brees did not look good, in my opinion. He's missing some easy throws. Even in week one, he was missing some easy throws. I just think he's kind of going downhill. He threw an interception, and they just, yeah, they pretty much... The Raiders dominated them, I think, in this game. Yeah, like you said, Breeze without Thomas. I think he's 0-2 in his career, and it showed last night. Uh, his wide receivers weren't getting open, and he just looked flustered and frustrated. So I think, like Ian said, he is regressing a little bit, and we're seeing the telltale signs of it. Well, how good do you guys think the Raiders could be this year? They're 2-0 right now. Yeah. They're, they're impressing me. They, they're ground and pound. That's what they're going to do on offense. But their defense has been surprisingly good. They've had their younger guys step up. So I think they could be play, a playoff team for sure. Yeah, they definitely have some playoff potential. I think the question around their team is going to be that defense. Their offense will be just doing just fine. Shout out to Darren Waller. He went off last night, had 12 receptions for 103 yards and one touchdown ran the ball with Jacobs over 27 times. And Derek Carr didn't look that bad either. No, I thought Derek Carr did a pretty well job. I think he kind of outplayed Breeze that game, in my opinion. I just thought he looked more well-rounded, and Breeze just didn't quite seem like him was his normal self out there. Um, going further on that, the Raiders' offense just seems to be clicking in strides coming through the first couple of weeks. It'll be fun to watch them coming through and see what they all can do. Speaking of Derek Carr, I think we saw a game that he needs to have more often where he's if they don't make big if he doesn't make big mistakes, that offense is going to be successful. If he can just make the easy throws and take pressure off the run game, then they're going to be even better. So, if he continues to have games like that, they're going to win more. Yeah, the Raiders had a good week this week and next week's going to be tougher as they go against the Patriots at, in New England. So my week two takeaway was that uh, obviously there was a ton of injuries this week, and I think that no training camp and preseason is having a major impact on player health. I'm just going to go through a quick list of the notable, notable only players that got injured. So we have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Cortland Sutton, Paris Campbell, Brandon Sheriff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke, Nick Bosa, Anthony Barr, Byron Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Solomon Thomas, Tavon Young, and Malik Hooker. So obviously that was a very long list, and those are all players that have huge impacts on their team. So I think definitely having no preseason or training camp is affecting these players' health. So they're not in as good a shape as they were. They're not taking as good a care of their bodies. And I think we saw probably five or six at least torn ACLs this week. So that was probably the biggest 
news of the week was all the major injuries. Yeah, it's really going to affect some teams, especially the 49ers losing two key pieces along their defensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo's a little banged up. He's going to try to play this week. We'll see what happens. I think Mozart's going to be playing. He's going to be out for a little bit, but he'll be back. Three big quarterbacks out in Drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tyrod Taylor. So we saw three starting quarterbacks go down this week as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch those uh, backups there step up, see if they can step up and shine in these upcoming moments. And I feel like some of these teams that lost their starting quarterbacks, the Broncos and the Chargers especially, could definitely be playoff teams. Even though their starting quarterbacks went down, they still have some decent backups. But let's see what happens over at the Broncos. I did see that they signed uh, Blake Bortles here. So he has he's kind of a veteran here, but he has a lot of makes a lot of mistakes. But if he can somehow minimize those, I think Denver could be a playoff team. Yeah, Jeff Driscoll for him didn't look completely terrible in their game. He did kind of lead almost a comeback in that game, and they narrowly lost to the Steelers by five. Yeah, once Locke went out, I expected that came to kind of be over with and the Steelers to take it handily, but Driscoll showed a lot of poise and played well for them. We also saw probably the top two fantasy running backs go down in Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Big hits to their respective offenses. They're both major pieces in the receiving and running game. So it's pretty much both their offenses, just those two. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the Panthers are going to score now. I mean... McCaffrey does so much for them, and same with Saquon. So, who's on the Giants' offense now? Like they're not. Darius Slayton. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, Daniel Jones can just then impress more. I guess get him some more. Get him throwing more. Yeah, it'd be this be a great time for Daniel Jones to step up here. But I want to go back to Carolina. I think Teddy Bridgewater needs to come out and show why he's deserving of that starting spot. He big contract. Got a big season. contract this offseason. He needs to start playing with it and show the franchise that he's their guy and that going forward that he wants to be there. And he hasn't done a horrible job right now. He's getting a lot of people on offense involved. Robbie Anderson is like top five in the league in receptions and yards, and he's doing really well for him this year. Yeah, the Panthers haven't looked bad at all. They've played a, two tough teams, the Raiders and the Bucks. And they, they've lost both those pretty close. So they've, they've shown a lot of improvements from a pretty young team. Uh, my takeaway from week two is going to be uh, Justin Herbert and his how he kind of shined in his first performance with Tyron Taylor going down. Him coming in, stepping up just like that was pretty impressive. Yeah, very unprepared. It was like right at game time when it was announced Tyron Taylor was out. Yeah, uh, his stats here for that game, he had... Threw 33 passes, completed 22 of them, had 311 yards, touchdown and interception, which honestly was pretty amazing for his first NFL start. He is older since he stayed back here, which I think helped him here, and he's prepared more, and I think he's going to be a future star, rising star in this league. Yeah, the Chargers showed us a lot in that game the other day. They were able to hold the Chiefs to only 23 points, even without Derwin James, but they are able to get to the pass rusher with Joey Bosa, that secondary played very well, and they're also able to still get people involved on the offense. Eckler got his carries, but Joshua Kelly also got a bunch of carries, getting 23 of them. And still, Keenan Allen had 10 targets on the day and seven receptions for 96 yards. The thing about Herbert that I also like to see was him using his legs. He's a very athletic quarterback, can run around, and 
to have a guy like that at quarterback on your team just adds another dimension to your offense. He has escapability, he can make throws out of the pocket, and I was impressed to see him, just how comfortable he was being their quarterback in his first start. So they already came out and said that Tyrod Taylor, if he's 100%, he's going to be a starter, but it looks like he's not going to be 100% for a little bit. It might be out for two to three weeks. So we'll see how Josh, So we'll see how Justin Herbert can thrive in the opportunity that he's going to be given. Yeah, the Chargers were right there the whole game. They were a Harrison Bucker 58-yard field goal away from heading to overtime, and who knows what happens after that. But just a great game from Herbert and the Chargers. I think, just one quick thing here, I think that if Justin Herbert can't come out and play these next couple of weeks with Taylor being down, and if you want, this is going to be his chance to prove that he should be the starter and not Tyron Taylor. Yeah, it'd be hard for me to sit. If Herbert continues to play like he did and you're the Chargers head coach, it'd be hard for me to sit Herbert on the bench, especially if they're having success. Yeah, very winnable game this week going against the Panthers. One game that we definitely should highlight is the Falcons and Cowboys. The Falcons blew a 20-0 lead in that game. Um, I just don't know. I, they were doing so well, and then they just let it go. That onside kick or whatever, I don't know what the special teams was thinking. The owner called some of those players out already, too. Yeah, this game had me having some PTSD of the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it, it just crumbled apart in the last probably five or six minutes. I believe they had like a a 39-24 lead and with like eight to go and it blowing that is just incredibly pathetic so the Falcons are definitely yeah this Falcons team is uh struggling in the second half I would say they've given up two huge leads and for a team to come out and just not kind of play to the advantage that they had is just kind of I don't know it's just something's going wrong there and Oh, if it's the coaching, play calling, or just the players itself, but the Falcons want to come out and win and make it to the playoffs. They need to figure out what's going wrong there. I would kind of blame it on play calling. It's kind of not like Matt Ryan didn't have a horrible day. He threw for 273 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions or anything. I just think right now I might blame it on Gurley. He really couldn't get that many yards for him, advance the ball out of the field, advance the ball on the field, and then just like waste time of possession. Part of that blame's also got to go to the defense. I mean, they were getting carved up all day. Only in the second half. Yeah, mainly in the second half. That's a good point. But still, if your offense scores 39 points, you shouldn't lose a game. That's ridiculous to lose a game scoring 39 points. So the defense definitely needs to step up for the Falcons. Yeah, and Dak had a very huge day putting up 450 passing yards, one passing touchdown, but he also had three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, some crazy stats there for Dak. I think he's one of the top first players to ever do that, putting up three rushing touchdowns and passing with that many yards, I believe. I saw that somewhere, but it's just kind of crazy on how well Dak's played. And I think if he can continue to do this the rest of the season, that his contract will come and it's going to be a big one. Dak's such a tough quarterback for this team. He's their leader. He's their do-it-all type guy. So it wasn't surprising for me to see him kind of take over that game like Michael Jordan-esque. Another game that was exciting this week was the Seahawks and Patriots. The Seahawks were able to make a goal line stand against the Patriots with Cam Newton in the red zone. The final score was 35-30. to And yeah, Russell Wilson played very well that game. Cam looked very well that game. 
Jamal Adams was everywhere again, having over 10 tackles. Cam Newton's definitely brought a good good thing to this Patriots offense. It's more dynamic than we've ever seen it. His arm looked really, really impressive for them. You know, I think that him having shoulder problems and stuff, we weren't quite sure how he's going to throw, but he's thrown well. I think Julian Edelman had like 179 receiving yards. So this offense looked really good. We're used to seeing Tom Brady sit back there and chuck the ball around, but now they have Cam who can run, he can throw, and he can just do a lot of good things for this offense. Yeah, their offense looked good, but on the other side of the ball, their defense was, I think, all right. Uh, Gilmore did not play well. Yeah, their secondary looked really good. Metcalf was cooking them up the whole game. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. You have this Gilmore, one defense player of the year, and he can't guard a second-year, right? Second-year wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, Decaf is amazing. Incredible athlete. Incredible athlete, super amazing uh, player. Can out, probably outrun most players out there, and he's just jump higher than them. He's just an amazing athlete, but Stephon Gilmore, you have to step up here. Your team needs you, especially he's with the best the corner in the game, and he did not play well. No, not at all. His team needs him to step up and play better than what he did. For me, I thought the Patriots' defense was going to be like the best part of their team going into the year, but they've looked they've looked they looked a little shaky out there on Sunday Night Football, and they need to improve if they're going to be a playoff team. All right, so now we're just going to get into our weekly awards. So if you don't remember, it's the McAfee Award going to the best player of the week, and then the Peterman Award going to the worst player of the week. Um, so we'll just give one to one player each and then we'll also list some honorable mentions so the winner for our pat mcafee award is dak prescott of the cowboys leading that big comeback win throwing for over 450 yards one passing touchdown and also getting five carries for 18 yards and three rushing touchdowns yeah great all i can say is just great week from dak definitely deserves the best of the week helped his team come back and just a great performance from him yeah, Dak definitely deserves this award this week. Amazing performance and great uh, drive to come back and win that second half there. Some honorable mentions we have um, would be Cam Newton of the Patriots. He had a big week, rushed for a couple touchdowns, threw for one, had over 300 pass yards. We also have Russell Wilson also as an honorable mention. As we just mentioned him before, his stats thrown to five different receivers for touchdowns. Another person we have to mention is Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Packers won pretty handily, 42-21. to 21. He had over 220 total yards, and he had three total touchdowns, and he was just a beast in that game. This coming from a Vikings fan, uh, the Packers have looked really good this year, especially on offense. Week one, they carved up the Vikings. Secondary, the running game wasn't quite there like it was this week, but this week we saw that running game take it up to the other level. That's kind of what we expect from this team, a lot of running. And I was just really impressed with their offensive line and Aaron Jones. Yeah, they got a big game coming up Sunday night against the Saints. Yeah, it'll be a fun game to watch, I think, coming up, the Packers-Saints game. Hopefully it'll be a fun matchup. But Aaron Jones, this last week, it was just outstanding. Uh, Pat him on your fantasy. Like Congratulations. Like me. Thank goodness. And Dak. Yeah, Dak, too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You don't even need week. other players. If you have two players getting 40 points, you won the week. Hey, what can I say? I draft pretty well. 
So now for our Nathan Peterman Award. So this is going to go to Kirk Cousins of the Vikings as the Vikings lost 11-28. to This game was not close at all. Kurt was horrible. Only He was 11 for 26, 113 yards, and three interceptions. They just looked awful the whole game. All I can say is I'm embarrassed by Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm a Vikings fan. I always will be, but it's it's hard to watch this team right now, especially the way Kirk Cousins is playing. I will say it's not all on him. His offensive line struggles, but 11 Cook for, struggled too. Yeah, Cook struggled as well, but 11 for 26 and three interceptions. He was forcing the ball to Thielen, not using his other playmakers, and it was just it was a terrible game to watch and. And the Vikings are definitely a pretender this year. Yeah, coming into this year, I thought the Vikings, with Kirk Cousins back there after being there a couple of years, that he would do a lot better. But after watching these last couple of weeks, I'm just disgusted. I really hope this is kind of a plan that they're trying to tank for something. But They I just was... paid them. They're not tanking. <laughs> well, they just signed them to a big extension. They're not tanking. Well, you never know. Maybe they're tanking for a different player. Even though Trevor Lawrence is definitely the best guy out there. If it comes down to it, I think I would take Trevor Lawrence and just have him sit on the Kirk Cousins sit because... I think Trevor Lawrence is ready to play right away. He's definitely ready to play right away. Nobody would really want to take Cousins, so... You just have to sit there. No, if I had Trevor Lawrence, I'd sit Kirk's ass on the bench and he wouldn't play. I don't care if he's making $28 million. He's not worth what he's getting right now. Our team's going to be 4-12 and probably this year, maybe five wins. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Let's go 0-16 and get him on the Vikings. Still have a long ways to go. It's only two weeks so far. But also shout out to Jonathan Taylor. He had a big game against them, running 26 times for 100 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, I was wondering when Jonathan Taylor was going to get more carries. Or I was kind of surprised he didn't get more carries in week one. But Marlon Mack, now out of the picture, he's going to get the ball a lot. He's used to getting high workloads, especially because he was at Wisconsin. Got a lot of carries there, so... And he can help in the passing game as well. So the other two, we have two more honorable mentions for the Peterman this week. Neither of them are players per se, but we have the Falcons. You already know they blew a 20-point lead, gave up 40 points, just looked bad. And then the other Peter Peterman honorable mention is the injuries this week. Oh, another thing is coaches, too. Just wear your damn mask. Don't get fined like 100 k or whatever that all of them got fined. Just wear your mask. Big waste of 100 k So Now looking ahead to week three, there's a bunch of good matchups. Um, in the Thursday night game, there was a snooze fest of the Dolphins and Jaguars. Hey, uh, hey, last week we thought that the Thursday night game was going to be terrible, but it was actually somewhat entertaining. So let's let's not say that this Jaguars Dolphins game is going to be awful. It probably will, but let's give it a fair shot. Um, some other big games this week, of course, is Sunday night game between the Packers and Saints. You also have the Raiders going against the Patriots in a big test for the Raiders to prove that they are that good. You have two two and zero teams facing each other in the Rams and Bills. You also have in America's game of the week on Fox. You have the Cowboys going against the Seahawks. That should be a good game. And then of course. Monday night has the best game of the week as it's going to be Chiefs and Ravens. They're going to light up the scoreboard in that one. Yeah, the Chiefs and Ravens game coming up here is probably going to be one of the best games in this early couple of weeks that we're going to watch. Two Super Bowl contender teams coming out to play. Um, I have the Chiefs winning this one. 
34 to 24, and I think the Chiefs are just going to come out and play. Last week they did kind of struggle a little bit with the Chargers defense, and the Rams defense is the next step up. So if the Ravens defense, Ravens, my bad, the Ravens defense is the next step up. So if the Chiefs can perform better than what they did, kind of watch what happened and come out and play, they are definitely going to take this game, I believe. Yeah, I think. The Chargers game is kind of like a road bump, kind of. They're looking forward more to this Ravens game coming up. But in this game, I actually have the Ravens winning. I have the Ravens winning 42-35. to 35. I think Lamar Jackson just going to be that dynamic. I don't really see anybody on the Chiefs defense stopping Lamar. I do see some people on the Ravens defense, though, stopping Mahomes as their secondary is very good. And I think they're going to get constant pressure on them with that defensive front. Yeah, this game for me is definitely going to be the one that I'm going to be watching probably the closest. I have the Ravens also winning 45-41. For me, the thing that sets the Ravens apart is their defense is considerably better than the Chiefs. The offenses are pretty close, but the Ravens are, I think, probably a top five defense in the league right now, and they're just a more complete team. So that's why I have them winning this one. Another game on Sunday is going to be the 2-0 Rams against the 2-0 Bills. That's going to be at noon. That should be a very good game. I think it's going to be a big game for the Bills to see if they're actually like Super Bowl contenders. We all know they probably might will win the AFC East. We'll show if they'll win the AFC East, but this game's going to prove show us if they're Super Bowl contenders or not. But with that said, in this game, my prediction I have the Rams winning 25 to 27 to 20. I just think the Rams just have too much offense, really, for the Bills. And I still, although Josh Allen is having a better year, I still question if he can score those points in this big game. The Rams so far for me this year have been surprising. I didn't have them. I had them out of the playoffs at 7-9, and nine, but they've looked really, really good in their first two games this year. So I have them winning this one 32-28. The, they have a good core receivers. Jared Goffs looked good. And then they have, of course, Ramsey and Donald. And I think the Bills are going to have trouble scoring, even though Josh Allen's looked like an early MVP candidate for the Bills. Yeah, we'll see. I think the Rams will probably have to run the ball a lot because the Bills' secondary is very good, but I just think their offense just has a little bit. I, I just think the Rams' offense will outscore the Bills' offense pretty much. Yeah, the Rams in this matchup definitely, I believe, have the better offense. But I think the Bills are going to take this one. I think the Bills are just... Coming out and playing so far, the one of the best teams in the NFL. The Rams have came out and look amazing, a lot better than I ever thought they were going to be this season. Jared Goff has done amazing. He's found many different players out there on the field. He's starting to look like that player that... A couple years ago, that the team that almost made it to the Super Bowl. Exactly, and they're getting ready. Sean McVay is coaching them a little better. He's gotten the play schemes. Everyone's learning what to do. Their defense is surprisingly a lot better than I thought with Aaron Donald and Ramsey for sure coming out being those star stoppers but uh it I just think the Bills are going to win this one I just got a gut feeling about it the Rams offense to me this year has looked way better than it did last year they look like they're doing a lot more gadget type plays and a lot more motion and stuff I think they were kind of shocked not having Gurley last year he was such a big part of their offense in the Super Bowl run but now they're they're used to not having them in there, and they're they're spreading the ball around to a lot of different guys like Woods, Cup, Acres, Brown, Higby, Everett. Just a lot of different guys are getting involved, and it's hard to stop offenses when multiple guys can make plays. 
Yeah, and then America's Game of the Week, we have the Cowboys and Seahawks. Uh, Cowboys aren't going to get lucky this week. They're going to lose. I have the score being 35-24. I have the Seahawks winning this one as well, 37-27. to I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense is going to be too much for that inexperienced defense, especially secondary. So I definitely like the Seahawks in this one as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one as well. They just by far have played better football. The Cowboys have came out sluggish, and if they do that against the Seahawks, it's not going to end well. They're not going to have any 20-point comebacks. Dak Prescott's not going to go do this amazing thing because this Seahawks team is by far a lot better than the competition they've played so far. Don't expect the Cowboys to just sit down, though. They, I honestly thought if they fell to 0-2, they were automatically going to fall to 0-3 because they were going to be down and, and not ready to play the Seahawks, but because they got that big comeback win, I would not be surprised at all to see Dak and Zeke come out and just be ready to play and ready to compete. What's going to be big for them is not to give up a lead right away, and then they're playing behind. That's really how they can get Zeke going. They want to have the lead, and just really if they don't have the lead, they really just can't get Zeke going. Yeah, good point. If they get a lead, they can give it to Zeke and slow down the game, and the Seahawks are forced to for their defense force is forced to stay on the field, and it's just going to be a struggle for them. And then in the Sunday night game, you have the Packers and Saints. Packers' offense has looked very well this year, looking like the all the Packers have been looking like the best team in the NFC. So I have them winning this game, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. I think the offense is just going to be too much for the Saints, and I also think Drew Brees is going to struggle because I don't think Michael Thomas is going to play. I think he's questionable as of right now, but I just don't see him playing. For me, I, I hate both of these teams as a Vikings fan. I hate the Saints and Packers, but I, I just couldn't give the Packers the win. So I have the Saints 27-24 to 24 in that one. I think Drew Brees is going to come out and come ready to play. It might not be the best game from him, but they have Kamara and Murray on the ground that can kind of fortify that. But watch out for the Packers' defense. It's sneaky good with Smith, with the Smiths, and their secondary is sneaky good as well with Alexander. So... Their, their defense is definitely probably going to come out and compete in this one. Alexander's looking like a top 10 cornerback in the league this year. He's doing really well. Yeah, he's, he is doing amazing. Uh, for me this week, I don't really care for either one of these teams, but just looking at how it's been so far, um, how the Saints played last week, how the Packers played last week, uh, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, if he does play, it could go either way. Um, but... Michael Thomas doesn't play. I think the Packers are going to come out and just demolish the Saints 40-27. to For me, uh, the Packers' offense has been their strong suit this year, and I think it's a lot credited to just being the second year in LaFleur's offense. They're more comfortable with what kind of plays he calls, formations and stuff, and I think that's the reason they've been the highest-scoring team in the league this year. That's pretty much just going to wrap up episode nine. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to check out our Instagram at Mediocre Sports. Um, hope you tune in to future episodes. And your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does. <laughs>